I need new music. This is the JJO Discover New Music Podcast. Listen, rate, share, subscribe. I want to introduce you to Hardy, uh, the new album, The Mockingbird and the Crow, out January 20th. Uh, the current single that you're hearing is Jack. And we'll start off by saying uh, you are a at least listed as a country music singer-songwriter. Uh, you've worked with Florida Georgia Line, Thomas Red, Blake Shelt. But people might be going, Brock, why are we talking to a country guy? However, I think, and ever since Donnie and Marie sang about a little bit country, and a little bit rock and roll. We have been having that line combined, the two genres. Why, Hardy, in your professional opinion, do you think rock and country work so well and why we are here in a rock station talking to a quote-unquote country artist? I would argue that that like instrumentation is they're the most uh, the most similar as far as uh every country band has a guitar player and and a bass player and and so does every rock band and I don't know. I think there's something to that. I've always thought too that like rock and roll, not so much. It's not so acute, but like the demographic is very similar in a weird way. And I don't, I haven't like pinned that down yet, but I, it's something about like the working, the working man. And like, there's just something about that, that rock and roll has always to me appealed to as much as, as much as uh, the country market as well. So I don't know, but I'm, I'm happy that it's, it's, they've, they've, <laughs> Uh, their cousins or whatever (laughs) that you've crossed over now. And and it is, it's, it's fun to see because when you look at that laundry list of people and then some, that was just a couple that you worked with and not to mention nominations on the countryside. And now seeing that rock kind of crossover, was that kind of surprising to you to see that rock world go, Hey, we like this. We're going to put that on, man. I, yeah, it was, I was not, I didn't go into that like negatively at all, but I was just, very uh curious to know like how that was going to be received and i'm just really thankful man that you guys in the rock world are are taking me in i i'm like it's it's freaking cool man it's because it, <laughs> I've, I've just grown up on rock and roll and i've loved rock and roll for so long so it's cool to to be a part of that community and to be accepted, man. I'm stoked about it. So when maybe when promotions came up said, Hey Hardy, we're going to try this out here. What do you think about this? You're like, Oh guys, this could end horribly, but look at you now. You're doing great. You're doing great. Especially on the rock side. We're like, man, we think they're going to dig it. So you might as well go for it. And here we are, man. I'm just stoked. Uh, that's cool, man. Well, we're glad to have you here. And obviously the song is doing great again. Jack is what people have been hearing now. Just that first little taste, at least in our area, genre of music. You mentioned there you've loved rock and roll for a long time. And and in my research, I found that your dad was a major influence on you and, and the music and some of your early memories, fondest memories are listening to him. What kind of influences did he bring on? Was there country and rock? Was it all over the place? Talk about that, because I know that's so important for artists. It was no zero country. If he like really? every now and then he would put on like a Merle Haggard CD mm-hmm. or, uh, and all that stuff I'm now a fan of. But when I was a kid, I hated it, dude. And I was like, <laughs> and it was like the harder, the heavier, the better. But dude, it was everything. I mean, all the classic stuff, like, you know, the, all the big bands, right? Pink Floyd, Zeppelin, and all that. And then he had his own like little quirky, you know, bands and artists like uh, Billy Thorpe and like Robin Trower and some of those like random. Yeah, people and, and uh, I don't know. So I a lot of classic rock, and then that kind of segued into me discovering like rock and roll, like on my own when I was a kid growing up, like and through MTV and stuff like that, and listening yeah. to some local rock stations. Writing a record 
And and again, just referencing back to who you've worked with before with this one, with uh, your now second album, The Mockingbird and the Crow, where you like, all right, I'm writing a country album with a rock feel. I'm writing a rock album with a country feel. Was that even in your thought process or were you just writing? Man, honestly, I was just writing until like about I had like I would say eight songs on hold for the record that I knew I was going to cut. And me and my producer, Joey, looked down and we were like, man this is like half and half, like it's half rock and it's like half of the songs are heavy and half of them are like regular country songs. And then from then forward, I kind of went into it consciously saying like, let's write, you know, let's write a literally a half and half record. But it, it kind of, the first half of it happened on accident and then the back half was a little more uh, intentional. And we actually didn't write The Mockingbird and the Crow until the last, that was the last song we wrote for the record. Really? It, I'd had that idea and I I didn't even, I'd written that title down and I didn't even know like that it would be for this record. I just thought that sounded cool. And then I got together with some guys and they were like, can't we just write one more for your record? Cause I thought my record was done. And I was like, no, I'm done. And then I started looking at my ideas and I was like, man, that'd be a really good title for this record. So we ended up writing it. And it was the last song we cut for the record. Oh, that's cool. Is it easier to write for yourself? Do you just write for yourself and then hope that it sticks for another artist? Or is, is it harder when you got to sit down and say, I'm writing a song for me, as opposed to maybe writing for Blake or Florida Georgia Line or whoever? I would say, no, I think it's easier to write for myself because it's a little more free and there's not as many like rules, I guess you would say, you know? Um, you can kind of say what you're really thinking as opposed to sugarcoating it sometimes because not everybody is going to say it the way that you would say it. Yeah. But no, I mean, I've always said like I, when I sit down in the room to write with like my collaborators and stuff that the we're, I just want to write the best song in the room that day. And, it, and if it turns out to be one of mine, it, it you know, it does. And if if not, then that's totally fine. I moved to town to write songs for other people, um, which is a huge industry, you know, in Nashville. And so I I still love doing that, man. Like. So once now that this record's done, my like writing for me brain is shut off. And probably for the next year, I'll just focus on writing songs for other people and trying to get hits on the radio. And then and then, you know, about a year from now, I'll probably start thinking about writing for a record again. Uh, it's it's so interesting to see how your mind works like that. Like, OK, I'm going to uh, let's write some hits and then I'll take some me time and break it down the way I want to. It's just a, such a cool way because I know all artists are different in, in doing that. And it's, it's now cool to see in, I guess in the country world. And I saw this is really when uh, Chris Stapleton got all this noise about, and everyone's like, well, who the hell is this guy? Then you look at all the songs he's written and it's kind of with you in that same vein is now you've been thrust into the front. And is that kind of weird too? Like, Oh, I'm usually back here just writing down. And now I'm on the front of the, you know, I'm, I'm at, at the mic. <laughs> Definitely, man. Um, especially my first like couple years into it, because I, I kind of went into the artist thing like like I was just a songwriter. And that's at, for a long time. That's all I wanted to be. And I, uh, for lack of a better term, kind of got talked into doing the artist thing. And I just had a lot of people being like, you should do it. You should do it. You should do it. So I and then Big Loud offered me a record deal. And I was like, all right, I'll do it. I'll give it a shot. <laughs> So that like losing your anonymity a little bit and being the person like in the front, it was weird for a couple of years and it definitely took some getting used to. Like people that, you know, really want to be an artist kind of, they they like strive for that and they kind of wish, you know, that they like that will happen to them one day. And, and for me, it was just kind of a shock because I was like, man, I didn't know if I was expecting all of this. <laughs> a little bit of a shock, but uh, I'm totally used to it now and I love it. Madison Solid Rock 941 JJO and JJO Discover New Music. Our guest this week is Hardy. Don't listen to mama, I ain't the 
talking to us about the new release, The Mockingbird and the Crow. Jack, it's a banger, man. And you even got some screams in there. I love it. It's when when I was reading up on you, I'm like, okay, let's see what this is all about. I'm like, ah, okay, he gets it. He gets it, man. (laughs) I'm trying to get better and better with my screams, uh, but I appreciate it, man. I take that as a huge compliment because I'm I'm working on it. It's it's an art form. It really is. It really is. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Good ones out there, man. There's some people that like and I'm like, I don't know how you do that, man. I've got one mode. I can't do it all, but some of those guys are impressive. I uh, was watching your YouTube channel, and now that we got the import stuff out of the way, the music and get that. The episode of the Hardy Show, episode one, you and your <laughs> lovely wife go fishing. And my wife, she she knew you as soon as I said, oh, yeah, I'm talking hard. She's like, oh, that's so cool. She's like, I think he's a big fisherman. So yeah. I got kind of excited because honestly, before our interview, I was looking up some ice fishing stuff because it's wintertime now. I know you're nice, warm Mississippi or Nashville, so it's probably not that bad. But your wife has the same, I guess, uh, uh, problem as my wife is. Well, my wife can take the fish off the hook. She doesn't like baiting the hook. Does your wife at least bait her own hook? You know, we've only we haven't fished with live bait, so I don't know, but I doubt it. Oh. She, she had a cricket and she knew she had to stick a hook through it. I don't think she could live. So I don't, I don't think she can bet one hook either. See my, uh, my wife doesn't like snakes and worms are like little snakes to her. So she is not baiting that hook at all, but she's gotten better at taking the fish off. Cause I liked what you said in there. You said, you got to learn honey. And I was like, that's exactly what I say. Got to learn. And you got to know that the second you take it out of him, he's going to feel so much better. So that's you- right. It's okay, you know. You get them back in there. So, with that said, what's more exhilarating for you now, being a fisherman and knowing you're fishing, is playing in a packed arena or knowing you got like a five pound bucket mouth bass on the end of that line? What's better? Bass all day. Yes. Yes. Hold on, give me one second. I'll show you something. Yes, I love it. I love it. Right there, baby. Oh my God! Look at that. Oh, <laughs> I am a jealous man. I love it. I love it. So uh, when did you catch that bad boy? I caught that one uh, on the Harpeth River in Nashville about 2000. I think that was 20, uh, 2019. Um, 2019. Nice. I, I love it. Oh. I've told people this before, like killing a really good deer or catching a really big bass are two of the most thrilling things that I like. Those are my top two. And like nothing, it's something about it, man, that nothing, even even as cool as my life is and my career and all the cool moments, nothing can beat that excitement, dude. They just can't. I love it. Well, I hope we could go fishing someday because I think you and I would have a good time. I wasn't able to get mine mounted, but my biggest one was right before my daughter was born. My wife was like eight months, like she was ready to pop on a bank of a lake near we live by on four pound test on an ultralight. It was five pounds, 22 inches, and it was... Oh my God. It was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. Uh, and bless my wife. She said, I was going to get it mounted for you, but then I saw how much that cost. So she just printed off a little picture for me. I said, that's good enough, honey. <laughs> It'd be expensive for sure. A little bit, but no, I, I'm glad I found a fellow fisherman in the music world. Uh, Cause we don't get out as much as we like to. So uh, have you ever been ice fishing? You should come up here and we'll go ice fishing sometime. Oh, I would love to, man. I went one time when I was like a kid in New Hampshire with a buddy of mine, but we didn't, we didn't even get a bite. So I don't yeah. really know. And, and, I wasn't like drinking them, but I've heard like sitting in the ice, the ice house or whatever you call it and drinking beers and like just hanging out is like just as much fun as like the actual fishing. Oh, let me correct myself. Why don't you come up here? We'll sit in a shanty and drink beer and maybe catch a fish. How about that? That's better. That sounds good. (laughs) I love it. All right. Good. Well, uh, nice to know. I got a fellow fisherman here. We'll get out there and hit the water one of these times before you go now rapid fire. I do this with everyone. 
There's no wrong answers. You just go with what's in your heart. Okay. Uh, first one, uh, waffles or pancakes? Waffles. Are you a Waffle House guy? Yeah, somewhat. Yeah, if I'm yeah, if I'm if I'm really drunk at the end of the night. What is it about Waffle House? You only go there drunk. You never go there sober ever. Open man. Oh, I love drunk Waffle House. Uh, drum solo or guitar solo? Guitar solo. George Jones or George Strait? George Jones. Sammy Hagar or David Lee Roth? David Lee Roth. Would you rather see Bigfoot or El Chupacabra? Uh, Bigfoot. Is Mississippi a Bigfoot state? You guys get into Bigfoot down there, don't you? Chitta Swamp Monster. Boga Chitta is a, a, a Choctaw Indian Reservation, and uh, it's there's an alleged swamp monster like Sasquatch that lives out there. Oh, Alleged. so it's a it's a swamp monster slash Sam Squatch is what it is. I like it. Uh, all right. And I don't ask this one, everyone, but you're a cool enough guy. I think I can get away with it. Would you rather have wiener size nipples or a nipple size wiener? Wiener size nipples, dude, for I sure. I think that's, that's the right answer, isn't it? I think so. Well, it's the other one, man. That's, that's lame. You tape them down, maybe have a little fun with it. You figure it out. Yeah, just wear a hoodie every day. There you go. You'll be fine. Baggy. I like baggy clothes anyway, so it works out. Uh, thank you for humoring me, Mr. Hardy. Uh, I cannot wait to hear more from you. And again, thanks for taking the time. Everyone, the new album, The Mockingbird and the Crow, out January 20th. Uh, keep it spinning. You keep hearing Jack and all the great stuff on there. Uh, appreciate it, man, and congrats on everything. And I can't wait to catch up with you. Thank you very much, man. We'll go ice fishing sometime soon. This is the JJO Discover New Music Podcast. Listen. Rate, share, subscribe. Discover new music now at WJJO.com, in the JJO app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brock has a new interview every Thursday evening between 6 and 7. 941 JJO. Ah!